Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Thursday, so of course we're going to do a little preview for tonight's Thursday night football game between the Broncos and the Chiefs. But also we're going to break down some of the latest stories, namely an update on David Montgomery's usage, an update on Jordan Addison's usage, and plenty, plenty more. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. All right, guys, and I want to start things off with, I don't know, I I don't know what we would call this, and look away, I will go ahead and preface this, we'll start things off talking about David Njoku, and then I'll tell you to look away. As we know, last week, David Njoku suffered burns to his face uh, with a bonfire accident, an outdoor fire accident, uh, and still ended up playing in the game on Sunday. He showed up rocking a mask. He was shirtless, looking like a Grand Theft Auto character. Uh, It was very, very cool. Well, a picture has come out of his face, and I think it's important to share with the audience just because it puts into perspective how hard these people work and what these players really do play through. So if you don't want to see a man's burnt-off face, look away. Uh, And if you do want to see someone's burnt-off face, continue looking, and perhaps if you're on Instagram, uh, Check out YouTube if you're listening on the podcast. Check out YouTube. But this is David Njoku's burnt off face. It's not terribly graphic, I don't think. Obviously, it looks painful. It looks very, very painful. And uh, heart goes out to him. Feelings go out to him because that is probably the worst place to suffer a burn. Uh, And probably also the worst place to try to play through. I can't even imagine A, the feeling that he was going through putting on the mask to hide this, then taking off the mask, then putting on a football helmet, then frequently taking off and putting back on said football helmet while sweaty, while super sweaty because he's playing an NFL football game, and he still goes out there, gets multiple catches, has one of the better games of his season. It's wild, wild that he played through this injury absolutely i mean i would think i'm not cody carpenter cody if you're listening tell me does this break the dog rating scale like has david and joku made his own scale is he an anomaly here because i think it's ridiculous that he played through a burnt off face i i really really do in fact when i saw this picture when i read more about the story i have some david and joku shares i'm not trading him anymore uh, a, a player that plays that hard that'll play through this cares that much about the game and is still fairly young at the tight end position, you don't come across that very often. So I'm holding on to my David Njoku shares. I know that it's been a very rough go, but look at this man and tell me you don't want a man with that kind of attitude on your football team is all I'm saying. So 
honestly, a round of applause to David and Joku for playing through this. Uh, and round of applause for playing through it. Wow. Wow, 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 that he was able to do it. I, I just absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away. Uh, let's move on to the Lions because there's a lot to talk about here. We'll start things off with Jared Goff and general manager Brad Holmes came out yesterday and said, I'm very, very proud of Jared. I never thought of him as a bridge or stopgap just because I know when I was around all the success he had earlier in his career, um, when the trade made all, well, I don't know why this quote is so jumbly. Basically what he's saying is that he never thought of Jared Goff as a bridge quarterback at all. And he calls people who said that lazy. He said it was a lazy narrative. When he brought in Jared Goff, he wanted him as the future. I'll call bullshit a little bit. I'll call it a little bit of a BS. I'm sure that that's what he thought, right? I'm sure he thought, like, you know, Jared Goff could be our franchise quarterback. But I'm also sure as a general manager, you thought that he could fail. Given everything that was going around on that time, the reports coming out that Jared Goff was just having Sean McVay give him his reads in the helmet before the microphone communication shut off. And then so it felt like, oh, Jared Goff is just an extension of Sean McVay. He's not his own quarterback. It was definitely a risk for the Lions to take on Jared Goff. And it definitely wasn't very clear that he'd be a franchise quarterback. Is he definitely now? Yeah, I don't see why the Lions would move away from him. He's still young, still very talented, still operating this offense at a very high level. But I will call BS on Brad Holmes saying he never thought of him as a bridge or stopgap. Come on, Brad. If he went out there, went less than 500, hell, 4 and 12, 4 and 13, you would have moved on. <laughs> you would have brought in another quarterback. This is ridiculous to say that. But still very cool that, you know, he was so confident in the quarterback and is still so confident in the quarterback. You love to see that to me. That means you've got to buy Jared Goff. You know, there's still the question marks on a lot of owners that, you know, the Lions will move away from him next year. Or two years from now. But plain and simple, Jared Goff just needs some respect on his name. He's a good NFL quarterback. He just is. Next up, within the Lions, let's talk about David Montgomery. As Jameer Gibbs stands are not going to like this. Dan Campbell on David Montgomery. That type carries the load. The other one is the changeup. You always want a guy that you know can take on 20 to 25 carries. This was the plan all along, apparently. Dan Campbell wanted David Montgomery more than he wanted Jameer Gibbs, right? He wanted a running back like David Montgomery more than he wanted a running back like Jameer Gibbs. And one thing that I find just so odd about this, and I'm sure you guys too, is why did they spend such a high draft pick on a changeup guy? <laughs> what? Why would you do that? If you thought, and it's not, I mean, like coaches' philosophies don't just change, Right. Like, Dan Campbell didn't just randomly look at David Montgomery and say, you know, I think, you know, now I really like, you know, a guy that can take 20 to 25 carries. No, he stopped that his entire life. He's a former tight end, right? <laughs> like, he likes smash mouth football. He's a punch you in the face kind of guy. So it's, it's, it's just strange that they spent that draft capital on Jameer Gibbs. It doesn't seem like things will get better, right? It just does not seem like things will get better. It looks like Jameer Gibbs is just a change-up running back right now, and David Montgomery is going to get 20 to 25 to 32 carries like he did last week, week in, week out. So really, round of applause to Seth Dewald, the podfather, everyone else that was way on David Montgomery this offseason, calling him a value at his ADP because he's looking like a steal. You're attaching yourself to the Lions offense at a very cheap price and a guy that's getting a ridiculous amount of volume. He right now is leading all running backs in carries per game, right? So David Montgomery, a fantastic value. 
Jameer Gibbs looking like one of the worst values in fantasy football drafts, one of the biggest busts at the RB position so far, unfortunately. Still showing some flashes, right? I mean, he still looked pretty good with the ball in his hands, but he hasn't had a massive ceiling, hasn't had the big games yet. I do think it'll come. And as we know, as I want to continue to bring home, Dan Campbell did work on the Saints as an assistant coach during the Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram years. So he does still have that philosophy. He's seen the success before. It might just take a little bit more time for Jameer Gibbs to be heavily utilized. What's good about this injury last week is that, you know, they get to see what they were like without Jameer Gibbs, and now they get to bring him back in healthy, hopefully give him a bit more of a workload. I would really like to see Jameer Gibbs at least get five catches a game, at least, right? At least five catches a game and 10 carries. That's about what he's been getting anyway. If he can continue to get 15 touches, like guys, 15 touches is still good. Like it's not the end of the world that he's only getting 15 touches. It's just not the high value touches, but you know, a player with that kind of athleticism can take those low value touches for a ton of points. So don't panic too much yet on Tamir Gibbs. I'm still buying him. I'm still holding on to him. Do think better days could come. I will say, though, if David Montgomery gets injured, I don't necessarily think that Jameer Gibbs is going to get those 20 to 25 carries. He'll still get a good bit. He got the 18 carries in that one game without David Montgomery, and Craig Reynolds basically got nothing. So, I mean, he'll still get a big workload, but I, I'm, he's never going to get the David Montgomery workload. David Montgomery gets this David Montgomery workload. Next up, the funniest quote I've ever seen in the entire NFL and the history of Wake and Take, and we've had some funny quotes on this show. Robert Saleh against uh, uh, about the Eagles, about the tush push. Just asked about the tush push as the Eagles are playing the Jets this Sunday. If the quarterback carries it, we've got to give him 11 kisses. I, I have no idea what he means by that. I have no idea what he means by this. I saw that quote. I was like, what does he, what does he mean? <laughs> so look how Jalen Hurts, uh, when he when he runs his QB sneak this Sunday, he's going to get kissed by all 11 defensive players. The Jets employing a brand new strategy for the game of football. Just just giving little kisses to the opponents. Very strange. Very interesting. I don't know what that means. Maybe it just means he wants all 11 people on the ball. All 11 people getting some action in on Jalen Hurts. But I, I don't know. I don't. Very weird quote. Very weird way to phrase it. And uh, I did also want to point out, as I saw another stat while looking in this game, uh, the Jets are 0-12 against the Eagles in, in, in the entirety of the NFL. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles at any point in their history. I'm also very surprised they've only played 12 games against each other. But yeah, so Jets, never beaten the Eagles. Probably not going to beat them this weekend either, and they're going to be kissing Jalen Hurts. Biggest story of the day. Jordan Addison, here's a quote. This is from Kevin O'Connell, the KOC. He was one of my favorite players I evaluated in the draft. Since then, it's been positive after positive outside of driving a little fast one time. My expectation is we hit the gas with Jordan this weekend. No pun intended. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison season is coming this weekend they are planning to fully unleash jordan addison with the absence of justin jefferson this is the true true test is he more than a Devonte smith right is he more than just a wide receiver too uh and really the third passing option in this offense can he truly establish himself as a really good nfl wide receiver we're gonna find out this weekend as kevin o'connell as we said is planning to hit the gas 
with Jordan Addison's usage this weekend. Throw him into your lineups. Trade for him if you still can. I'm expecting a pretty decent game from him. I mean, we've seen how much the Vikings have thrown the ball. As I mentioned, I don't think the philosophy is going to change at all. Just because Justin Jefferson is out doesn't mean they're not going to throw the ball. If anything, I could honestly see the Vikings throwing the ball a little bit more as they're spreading it out a bit more, having to maintain drives a little bit longer, less explosive plays without Jordan Ad- or without Justin Jefferson. So again, look for Jordan Addison to have a really good game this weekend. Look for that usage to get upticked. And if you haven't been able to buy him yet, do so before this game. Let's move on to, okay, the overlays. It's just a picture of Jordan Addison. I meant to swap the picture, didn't do it. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is still not practicing uh, with his shoulder injury. It's just a very weird situation. Normally when starting quarterbacks aren't starting or aren't practicing, you hear a lot about it. Rumblings are happening all around the league. People are worried. But for some reason with Deshaun Watson, no one's really even saying anything. I mean, when I saw this, there were like barely any comments on it, you know, just make kind of, if anything, making fun of Deshaun Watson. So it's looking like he's still not going to play again this week. We still don't know the severity of the shoulder injury for some reason. Very, very strange situation going on in Cleveland. Terrible management, which we've come to expect from the Cleveland Browns. No surprise there. Uh, But... It's looking like P.J. Walker will be getting the start again. I know we discussed this yesterday. So, again, it's looking like as we get even closer to Sunday, P.J. Walker is going to be starting. I picked him up in my Scott Fishbowl League yesterday. Uh, So if you are in the Scott Fishbowl, if you're just in a super flex league in general and P.J. Walker's out there, you need a quarterback, you want to take a flyer, do it. Do it. It's looking like he'll play this Sunday, and it's not going to take much to play better than Deshaun Watson was. And if this injury continues to linger, we might be talking about a few-week option here in a Superflex league, which doesn't come around often, especially come around for free often. And P.J. Walker's been fine in his action. He's had a couple 20-point games in his career, a couple under 10-point games as well. Very, very boomer bust option, but he's still a very athletic quarterback with a cannon for an arm, and there's some good weapons on the Browns. Should be fine. Right, get some rushing floor, maybe score a couple touchdowns here or there. P.J. Walker, go pick him up. And then I just got a couple like NFL stories to to just tell you about, you know, no, no speculation here, not CNN. I'm not Fox news. You know, I, I, I just see the news and I'm going to report it. No opinions here. Sergio Brown. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but former NFL player Sergio Brown has been taken into custody in connection with his mother's death. It is looking like he is a suspect for the murder of his mother. We've been seeing this a lot recently, not like a lot, but we've been seeing it more than we should with former NFL players years after their career has ended, either in connection to a murder or just a crime in general. It's very, very strange that we see this. We have to assume it's some connection to CTE, but we don't know for sure. Something to keep your eye on in general. Uh, And thoughts and prayers go out to that family as it sounds like there's some awful stuff going on within there. And next also, there's just kind of an update on how, you know, we're going to be living life as fans of the game. Drones are becoming an issue. Uh, uh, this weekend, a drone was flying over the Ohio State-Maryland football game, and uh, it raised alarms, right? They, they, people were very scared about it. You know, they hadn't ever really thought about it before, about a drone just being able to fly into the stadium and cause some damage. This was not like a weaponized drone at all. It was just like a camera drone, but still they found the pilot. They arrested him. Um, and they're looking, the NFL in general and all the sporting organizations are looking into ways 
to prevent this drone thing from becoming out of hand. It is definitely, you know, something I never even thought about. You know, I mean, it's it's just a weird world we live in for sure, where not only do we have to worry about shootings and bombs and stuff, we also now have to worry about weaponized drones coming over the stadiums and causing some ruckus. So uh, look to see how the NFL handles this situation. Definitely weird. I don't know if we'll be just moving more to domes or what's up, but it definitely will have an impact on how we can enjoy the game as fans of the sport. All right, guys, that is all the news I have for you. It looks like we've got a lot of chat. So let's go ahead and jump into some questions before I do a little bit of a Thursday night football preview. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Love to see you guys uh, just chatting up in the morning. I mean, every single morning I see you guys here. Snowman, Anthony, All City, Timmy Jim, Johnny, Jamie. I mean, just great to see you guys as always. Big time Timmy Jim said that is a bad man to David Njoku. So true. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, that is just awesome. That was just really, really cool to see him do that. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I would not do that at all. Harry Snowman asks, are you sure it isn't Osborne? I do think Osborne will, of course, get some usage, right? I mean, we're talking about the Tyler Boyd of the Minnesota Vikings, right? So, I mean, he's definitely going to get some usage, but I do definitely believe it's going to be a little bit more force-fed to Jordan Addison, force-fed to TJ Hawkinson, and then Osborne being like an open option, getting the like third down passes, maybe used in the red zone, and maybe like one or two explosive plays going his way. I do think all three of these options basically need to be started, but it's just looking like Jordan Addison is going to be let loose, which is very, very cool. <laughs> Jamie Brogue, our resident Cleveland fan, says, Cleveland doesn't know how to run an organization. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, man. And make sure everyone tunes in to the GOAT District today at noon. Our friend of the show, Harry Snowman, will be live at noon on the GOAT District, breaking down tonight's game. So if my preview here in a second isn't enough for you, I'm sure that Harry Snowman's will. He gives some fantastic stuff. I'm running a team with him in the FFPC. You guys would not believe some of the knowledge that he can bring when it comes to lineups and all that fun stuff. So I'm sure there's some fantastic knowledge going to be dropped on the GOAT district. And let's see, I saw a couple questions here on Instagram, and then let's do a little bit of a preview. Would you trade Justin Fields or Tua if you had them both? Assuming this is a single quarterback league, Phantasm, what you've got to do is you've got to put them both on the block and take the best offer. I'm not really worried about which one I'd rather trade. You're talking about two elite options here. So I would look to trade both, and then I'm just going to take the best return that'll help my team the most based on the trade offers I get. I'm not really like, I'm only going to sell Justin Fields, or I'm only going to sell Tua Tungavailoa. And one more question I saw, I believe, thought on Foreman Bears this week and going forward. Uh, it's just Roshan. It's Roshan season. It is Roshan Johnson season. Don't worry about Deontay Foreman. All right. Let's talk about some Thursday night football. Tonight, we have the Broncos and the Chiefs squaring off. Currently, the Chiefs are 10.5 point favorites, and they are expected a total amount of 47 points being scored. Some fun little facts that I saw about this game. First, Patrick Mahomes in his career has never, has never faced off against the league's last-ranked scoring defense in his career. He's doing that tonight, so I don't really know what that means. I mean, I, I, you would hope, right? You draw the line that Patrick Mahomes is going to have the best game of his career if he's playing the worst defense of his career. But but the Denver Broncos, while being the worst defense in the league, a lot of it, 
a lot of it has been against the running backs. As we know, Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan had their fantastic game against the Broncos. Brees Hall just had his fantastic game against the Broncos. The Denver Broncos defense has been terrible against running backs. They've allowed the most rush yards, the most rushing touchdowns. Every running back they've played against since week two has scored at least 22 points. Even Khalil Herbert put up a monster performance against them. They are surrendering the most points to running backs. They've allowed 100-yard rushers in their last three contests, allowing 187.6 rush yards per game. Awful, awful rush defense. So I'm drawing the conclusion that it's mostly going to be an Isaiah Pacheco game. But, of course, Patrick Mahomes is going to do some damage as well. I'm just honestly expecting it to be a regular Kansas City Chiefs game. I am 100% not expecting this to to run away from Denver. I do think that this will remain not close, but, like, competitive. Like, you know, like a two-score game, maybe all game, just continuously staying within two scores. I don't think the Chiefs are going to blow the top off this defense. I don't think they will. Should they? Yes. But I don't, something about a Thursday night football, something about a divisional matchup, I do think that this remains, quote, competitive. But, of course, the Chiefs still win, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs also still covered that 10.5 points. That 47 total is interesting. I think it could stay right around there. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to take the over on the 47 points. Like I said, I don't really think the Chiefs are going to blow the top off the Broncos' defense tonight. I think it's going to be a very methodical game. Travis Kelsey's not 100%, and we haven't been seeing anything good from any of these wide receivers. Rasheed Rice is leading the league in drop percentage. Kadarius Toney is second in the league in drop percentage. Uh, and like I said, Travis Kelsey's not 100%. Sky Moore has been a bust based on where we've been drafting him. MVS has barely even had a ceiling game. Justin Watson is kind of the guy making the most splashes. If anything, I'm going to say Isaiah Pacheco, 100 yards and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, maybe two touchdowns, one of them to Travis Kelsey, one of them to like Isaiah Pacheco again, (laughs) like Isaiah Pacheco receiving touchdowns, so three touchdowns for Isaiah Pacheco tonight, right? But I'm not, again, I'm not expecting the ceiling to blow off here for the Chiefs against the Broncos. I do think that it stays under that 47. I'll say that the Chiefs do cover 10.5. So if that's the case, Let's go with Kansas City 31, Kansas City 31, the Broncos 17. That's not right. That would be over 47. That's right at 48. 28 to 17. (laughs) 28 to 17 for this game. Or I'll still maybe stick with that 31 to 17 and say it is over the 47. But that's my score prediction. That's kind of what I'm expecting from the Chiefs. More of an Isaiah Pacheco game. Maybe a little bit of Travis Kelsey, of course. For the Broncos, I think that you have to expect a Marvin Mims game. I think that we can expect a Marvin Mims explosion. And then just keep an eye on how Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are used. I do still 100% believe that the Broncos are trying to force feed these wide receivers to increase their trade value. So if Jerry Judy has a big game, look for him to be traded next week uh, easily. Or maybe vice versa, you know, maybe Cortland Sutton has a good game and then they can finally trade him as well. Uh, But I do think that they could use this opportunity to force feed these wide receivers and increase their trade value. Uh, And then also, of course, look to see how Jaleel McLaughlin looks. He passed the eye test last week for sure. So I hope he can keep it up. From what I saw, it did look like Javante Williams will be making his return 
So just look at how that usage is in general. But let's have some fun. Normally, I just bring you my underdog ticket. Normally, I just bring you my draft kings. But to pull behind the curtain a little bit, I had a late morning. I did not get to fully make my show sheet and everything. Well, I got to fully make my show sheet, but I did not have time to do a underdog pick them or make a lineup. So why don't we do that live? We haven't done that yet. And I think it'd be cool to kind of highlight some of my strategy here when I'm looking at this. I'm not the best at this. I'll go ahead and disclaim it. This is not gambling advice, of course. Don't use your own money on this unless you really believe in it, unless, you know, my logic does kind of match yours. But I'm just going to highlight kind of what I'm thinking and what I like to target when I do these things. We'll start off with underdog. We'll start off with underdog if it'll show. Okay, and let me go to, let's do this screen. I'll just take away my overlay. Okay, so... Usually what I like to do with underdog is I come to my conclusion of how I feel like this game is going to go. Like I said, I think that, you know, this will be competitive. I think both sides will be, will be, you know, taking some shots at each other all game. I don't think the chiefs will be like running out the clock or anything, but like I said, I do of course expect a pretty decent Isaiah Pacheco game. So we will start there and you can only take one per thing and uh i'm actually gonna take the i'll just go with the 90 total yards i'll go with the 74 and a half rush yards i'll go with the 74 that's a lot of rush yards that's a lot of rush yards <laughs> that is a lot of whatever i don't care i still i think he's gonna have a fantastic game as we mentioned everyone's had basically over 100 rush yards against them this year and with travis kelsey not at 100 i do definitely think they could lean on isaiah pacheco Let's see. For Patrick Mahomes, I don't I don't want to touch two and a half passing touchdowns. I don't think that we're going to see three passing touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but if we do, it's just going to be exactly three. And so that's a little too close for me to touch. I think all of these are some pretty decent lines. So I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to touch Patrick Mahomes on this one. Jarek McKinnon, his usage has just been very off and on this season. I don't really want to try to guess what he's up to. Travis Kelsey less than a hundred percent. So I might go lower than six and a half. Yeah, I'll go lower than six and a half percent. Ah, oh, God, that's tough too. These are some really good lines. 25 yards for Sky Moore. I don't want to touch that one. Kadarius Tony. Uh, don't really want to touch that one. This is what we'll do. We'll do higher than 18.5 receiving yards for Marcus Valdez Scantling. What I like, what I like about that is. A, with Marcus Valdez-Scantling, if he catches the ball, it's over 18.5 yards. He does not get targeted really less than 18.5 yards away from the line of scrimmage. He is the deep shot guy. So I like that. I think that that could happen. And the fact that his line is also only one and a half receptions is decent too. I couldn't, I, I could expect two catches for him, but I'll definitely just take the yardage because that's really only to me betting on one catch. So I'm, I'm going to throw that one in there. Rasheed Rice, I'm not going to touch. Justin Watson, I'll do it. Justin Watson, I'll do it as well. Him and Marcus Addis Gantling are both guys that easily get over these around 20 yards if they catch the ball. Now I'm betting on them to catch the ball, right, instead of just the yardage. When I look at this for certain players, when I look at the yardage total, I treat it as, will Justin Watson get a catch? Do I think so? Yeah. He's been getting some decent usage the past few weeks. Do I think Marcus Addis Gantling could get a catch? Yeah, I think he could. Yes, it's more about yards, but I think he could genuinely just get in there, get that catch. I will also take Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns. Like I said, I do believe that the Broncos could be using this opportunity to throw the ball a lot 
to their wide receivers. And I think getting just two passing touchdowns should be pretty easy for Russell Wilson. It should let me, I don't do it on the computer much. It should let me like view his past games, right? Two touchdowns, three touchdowns, one touchdown. So he's averaging two touchdowns a game. So yeah, I'll go ahead and do that one. And then we've got one more here. Do I want to go with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, or I'll do Marvin Mims. I'll do the same philosophy here. 17.5 receiving yards. That's basically one catch based on how Marvin Mims has been used. So I'm going to do really all of those deep shot guys, taking a chance on every single one. Uh, a five card thing. I'm just going to, I'm not, I don't like to put a lot of money on this. I'm just going to throw $2 on this bad boy. $2. Ooh. All scorchers must be correct. I don't know what that means. Have to share my location. But there we go. $2 on those five picks. Oh, they already changed. <laughs> they already changed Isaiah Pacheco's rush yards <laughs> in between us making it. Jeez, okay. It's like it's like underdog is watching me right now. How do I? Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'm just gonna figure that out on my own time. I'll just figure that out on my own time. You guys saw it get built. That's all that matters. Now, <laughs> now let's build a DraftKings lineup. Now, the biggest thing when you're doing these showdown captain modes. You have to get the captain right. You have to get the captain right. And so the best way to do that for me is to either pick a quarterback or pick who has the best matchup. And as we've talked about a lot now on this episode, it's Isaiah Pacheco. And what's nice about that is he's also a cheap captain. So you can kind of save some money elsewhere. I mentioned that I do think Marvin Mims has himself a decent game. So I'm going to throw Marvin Mims in there as he's cheap. And then I'll, of course, throw Patrick Mahomes. You can't just not throw Patrick Mahomes in there. Uh, and I'll go with Russell Wilson as well. Those will be my two expensive choices. I'm not comfortable enough taking a shot on any of the Chiefs wide receivers. And I also don't have an inkling as to which Broncos receiver I should use. And so now we're looking at, we have $8,900 left. Ooh, okay. So normally what I like to do now is go just look at the bottom. How are things looking at the bottom? Is there anyone here for around 200 bucks that I feel like I could get a little bit of a value on? Looks like no. It looks like if anything could take a chance on Marcus Valdez-Scantling or Justin Watson if I really wanted to. But with $4,000 each, could also, I think I'll take, I like the idea of Will Lutz today meaning I have 4,700 left. Screw it. You know what? Screw it. Screw it. I'm just going to throw Kadarius Tony in there. He hasn't done anything yet this season. No one's going to throw him into their lineup. Everyone hates Kadarius Tony. But why? Why not? I don't know. I don't like doing Chiefs, especially Chiefs showdown captain mode lineups. So I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw Kadarius Tony in there. We're going to move on. That was my DraftKings lineup. That was my underdog ticket. I'll have to figure out how to fix the uh, Isaiah Pacheco thing. But I hope you guys had fun with that. Uh, let me just see one more time if there are any questions. And then I will get you guys out of here. And I'll see you all tomorrow. Let's see. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Start sick questions. Justice Hill or Chuba? Give me Chuba. McLaughlin at flex. Uh, no, I don't think so. With Javante Williams back, I am not comfortable uh, with 
Jaleel McLaughlin actually being in my lineup, I would look elsewhere. Could he have a good game? Sure. But uh, the process says to move away. Um, let's see. Watch the Chiefs defense be the high scoring player. Yeah, that is definitely possible. Um, and Tony is a good player. They're talking about bad weather. He stays around the line of scrimmage all day. Thanks. Cool. So we'll see, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's either take a shot on Kadarius, Tony, MVS, or Justin Watson at that price point. So screw it. Screw it. I'll just throw Kadarius Tony in there. He's still one of the most electric people with the ball in his hands. So, yeah. All right. Looks like that is it for questions. So, as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. This was the Wake and Take. I was Jason, and you guys were a fantastic audience. You have a tubular, a totally tubular, tubular Thursday, a fantastic rest of your week. I'll see you all tomorrow morning on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, YouTube and Facebook will not be on Instagram tomorrow as I have a very, very special guest joining me. You'll have to tune in to find out who that is, but going to be an all-time episode tomorrow, so make sure you tune in. Have a good one. Peace.